just a one word when it could be two or three words. It's one word. You know, instead of saying I'm praying, we say prayers. You know? We, we, we just sort of kind of do shortcuts and move around. We just, it's okay. It's just because of the um, words, so many common words are used so often and expressed so often that we just, we just don't even hear it sometimes. We just, you know, okay, it's just there. We expect it. It's just there. And then sometimes when we really are expecting something, a certain word, we don't get it, then it's, it's sadly missed, you know. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it could be one word and someone be upset and offended just because you didn't say that specific word, you know. Like husbands, you say, man, food was great, honey. But you didn't say thank you. Do you see what I'm saying? It's kind of like you know, one word can, be, can really make a difference, like thanks, you know, because if you just say it's good, so what? You're just giving commentary that's good, but you're really not telling the person thanks. So can I get amen out of that? How many here know what I'm talking about? So don't worry, guys. You're not under the, under the heat lamp uh, when you leave church today. But it is, our words are so important. And just simply, the words behind me of hello, love, is something that's just some very common words. But really, they have a purpose and a meaning in language, in, in our language. I want you to pray for me that God just anoint me and all of us in the room right now. Father, in Jesus' name, help us, Lord, to see, help me, God, to express what I see and what is in me, God, and help us all to receive a word today, God. And we rejoice in you, and we receive what you have for us, Father, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Just simply the word hello is so common, you know, it's, but it is, does have some purpose in it. We shorten and say hi, meaning hello, but hi. Then I thought, how many here have ever seen the uh, television program, the old reruns of Andy Griffith? You know, how many here know who Gomer Pyle is, you know? Now with Gomer, Gomer everything was always expressive and in his character. But see, even Gomer had his way. He says, uh, Gomer says, hey. Gomer says, hey. And it was his hello and hi. Gomer says, hey. Suddenly got the, you know, it, it had a purpose because hello has a purpose. There's a, a twofold meaning to hello, and you can look it up. It is, hello is to express a greeting, or the other side is this, is to attract attention. Hello. You know, you're trying to get someone's attention. Hello. Or if you're going to, someone come in the room and you're going to address them and say, Hello. It attracts attention. I want to challenge you before, after today, that when you get up tomorrow morning, I want you to get up out of your bed and I want you to say, hello, love. And you'll see in Scripture that that's the right word to use. And, and you won't be talking to your spouse. You'll be talking to someone else and say, hello, love. Hello, love. Because it, it's a greeting and it's a it attracts attention when you hear hello. When someone says hello around you, you turn around and look to see who's talking. 
because you don't want to miss it if they're talking to you. Because they're saying, hello, hello. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 14 through 19, the Bible reads and says, John writes, he says, and we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. How many here testify to that? God has sent his Son. And whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So it's good to have a confession that you know Jesus to the world. It's good to testify to people and witness to people because the more you talk about him, the more him becomes relevant in your life. That's the way God wants, that's why God wants us to be vocal, talking. I think the Church of Jesus Christ has lost something in worship. We've started to replace our words with applauds. And applause are good, and I just had you applaud because it's scriptural to give applause unto the Lord and to clap your hands, all you people. But it also says, shout to God with a voice of triumph. So when we speak, it comes from our heart, as the Bible says, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We need to start speaking our faith. We need to start speaking the existence of God. We need to start speaking about our Savior, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we need to acknowledge him and, 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 and verbally say, hello, love. Hello, love. But to, to, to verbally begin to speak. Because you know the more you talk something, the more you remember it. The more you learn it. The more you practice it. The more you achieve to learn more. Some of you are going to talk football today. You're going to talk stats that you looked up and discovered the stats of teams and players. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just know how the world is. I'll even talk a little football today, too. And I hope it will be on good terms. But my team wins. But the team I'm rooting for. But somebody's going to win. But the fact is, is that, that you know what I'm talking about. You'll get into something you talk about. The more you talk about, the more relevant it is to your life. And the love that you have for your grandchildren my goodness, you just keep talking and talking about the grand. You'll, you know, it's weird. I got to tell you, this, this grandparent stuff is really weird. You'll talk to strangers about your grandkids. You'll look at strangers. You don't even know really their first name. I hadn't learned it yet, but yet you'll pull out the phone and you'll start showing the pictures of your grandchildren. <coughs> I mean, someone will lead in talking about their kids, and then suddenly you go into your grandchildren. It's because it's in you. You talk it. It's coming out of you. And God wants that about us, about Jesus. The world needs Christians so turned on about Jesus. Yeah, not about politics, but Jesus. Washington's going to fail us. They will. It's a path. It's a, it's a routine. It's a, you know, a rhythm. It just happens that way. Expect it. Expect to be disappointed. But your Lord and Savior, my Lord and Savior, the love of our life, he will not fail us. So who do you think we ought to put our confidence in? Not in the hands of man. Now listen, I'm not anti. I had one time I was preaching about the ethics and stuff and about politics. And I had a guy get me after church telling me and putting me in my place that I sound like I was a certain, certain party. And you know what I told him? I said, I don't understand you. 
you know, you don't, I, you don't need to know my politics. You just need to know my God. You know, he's my policy maker. He's the one that makes reality happen. He's the one that has transformed me, and he has done far more than anyone else has ever done in my life. And so, therefore, I'll tell you about my Lord and Savior. But for those who are thinking now, wondering what I am, whatever, I'm a born-again Christian, and my worldview is a biblical worldview, so I vote according to biblical worldview. So you figure it out from there. Yeah, yeah. Because there's sinners in both parties. You know that, don't you? There are ungodly people in both parties. And even a third one, throw another one in there, and they're ungodly too. But there is one Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we need to frame our world around him and live in obedience and connection with it. Why? Because, hello, love. Hello, love. It's our love. So let me read scripture. I started. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. You know, tell me if I hear what you're talking about, I know what you're into at that moment, that time. When we talk about God, then we know, the hearer will know that you're in with him. Verse 16, the concentration here. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. It's pivotal. It's pivotal that we know the love that God has for us. How could we possibly love him unless we know that he loves us? Your struggle maybe in your Christianity is the fact that maybe you have a poor father image or been hurt and abused and you don't know what love is about. You need to pray, Lord, I want to know your love for me. And he will not withhold it from you and he will reveal it in the word of God. It's a clear picture. He loves us. So much John begins to share more, and he said, God is love. And I'll make this clear to everyone that's here. Love is not God. Love and those who think that love is God will go contrary to what his word says because they think love is God, that love interpreted by our society is an acceptance of things which God says in his word are sinful and rebellion against nature, against him, and against his word. God, love is not God. God is love. God is love. It says here that God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him, into that agape Love of God in our life. Rick Warren says, it says, God is love. He didn't need us, but he wanted us. And that is the most amazing thing. That he didn't need us, but he wanted us. He wanted you. The Lord saved you. The Lord, even today, if you're not a Christian, the Lord loves you and he wants you. He wants you. You think you can run from, from God who wants you and loves you? And so God wants us. Another writer, writer stated this way, in himself, which in capital H in God, in himself, God is love. Through him, love is manifested, and by him, love is defined. Is that God is 
love. And in the complexity of my life and my childhood and my life, I had loved ones and parents that cared for me, but they were flawed in certain ways because they were damaged and hurt in their life. But they loved me with great love. But when I came to God, I understood what the love of a father is all about and the love of God in my life. And when I realized that how much God loved me, it revolutionized my faith in him knowing his love for me is greater than any love that I could have for him. Verse 17, love has been perfected among us in this. A word in the New Testament, perfected means matured. It has matured among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. In relationship with the Lord means when we stand before him and we love him in our hearts and live for him and love him, then we'll stand before someone who loves us. You know, you know somehow even when my mama was punishing me, I always knew there, there was some love somewhere there. <laughs> and I knew though it may be painful, I wasn't going to die. Because <laughs> I know my mama loves me. And so I could therefore know that this, is, this will pass, it'll get better. And then so much in her love, when I tell her I changed, she believed me. I failed again. I tell her, I'll do better, I'll do better, and she believed me. But I knew that the love was there standing before him or her standing before my mom in love, knowing that she loved me, and so therefore there was a boldness there. There will be a boldness with us. I'll fall on my face. You'll fall on your face when you see the glorified God and see Jesus face to face. Let's face it. I know where you're, what your posture is going to be. I'll tell you, because you're human and everybody else has seen and beheld the glory of Christ here on earth ended up on their face. And so, therefore, I, I know the posture, but the love is there. And I know they love it. So it gives us boldness on the day of judgment. Boldness knowing that... I like the one, the verse in the song, the word in the song about uh, death is not the end, but you are. And, and I got to tell you, I got people in my life that I've been there with them when they took their last breath. And, and, and they were talking to me earlier, and that was the language they were using is, I look forward to seeing Jesus. It, it wasn't all about, well, I guess I'm going to face death. No, they talked about he Jesus, the Lord, and with that love that they knew that he had for them and their love that they had for him, they knew that there'd be boldness to see him one day. And I've seen some hardened sinners get saved. Anybody, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. Anybody in here used to be a hardened sinner? I'm, well, I know you just got to testify of it, don't you? I'm not going to ask you if you are a hardened sinner now. Raise your hand. But the love of God got a hold of you. And according to John here, it says that there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. For fear involves torment. Torment. You know, the Bible talks about the viper in Scripture, where a viper bites someone. A, fire, a viper, you know what a viper does? He keeps on biting. He's, he's vicious. He just keeps... Chewing, biting, biting to get him off of you. 
Kind of like, you know, I was scared to death of wasps. Anybody here scared of wasps? I was when I was a kid. Why? Because I heard not only could it sting me, it could bite me. Sting and bite. I don't want a double dose of pain. But I'm over it now. Don't worry about it. I stomp on those dudes. Jesus' name. Some of you need to get a hold of those spiders in your house. and Jesus' name. But I don't want to rob anything from all the guys because then when we're called upon to be the knight in shining armor, the rescuer, the deliverer, we march in there with our big work boots. We go stomping around. I'm here, honey. I will save you. You know what happens. It gets away. And there, there's that poor damsel begins to say, what did you do? You let him get away. Well, couldn't help it, honey. I got my big boots on. Couldn't get in the corner. Perfect love casts out all fear. I hope you don't mind if I use you as an illustration, you and your, your eldest son, Noah. But a good way to see this verse is this, because in my life I struggled whether or not I really love God enough. Do I love God enough? Do I have this perfect love cast out all fear? I had fear in dealing with it, and I had fear in my life and issues when I was younger. I didn't know how to do it, but God revealed it to me what perfect love was. Perfect love is Noah and Leo decide they're going to walk down the darkest, most suspicious alley in a town that has a reputation of violence and mugging. And Leo's with him, and he's with his daddy. Noah's walking down that alley, and he's on the lookout for anything that might look ominous or suspicious. He's walking there and he has Leo by the hand but holding him and, and he looks down to his son and Leo, you know what Leo's doing? He's skipping. He's hopping. You know, he's singing. He's ready to play. You know why? I'm, I'm using Elizabeth. Thank you. Do you remember where I was at? He's skipping. He's playing. Leo is singing, and Daddy's there holding his hand, walking down that dark alley. And the thing, the thing is this, is that to Leo, it's no different as if they were running across the field out at home and holding his daddy's hands. There's just no difference there. It may be that Noah knows the difference, but Leo, as long as he can touch the hand of his daddy, he can go through and walk through anything because the perfection is not our perfection, but God. Listen, if there's maturity in us, it flows from the Father into us in his perfection, his influence, his moving, and because of that, suddenly Leo's fine. 
Daddy's watching, but as long as daddy's there, it's a-okay, and he has nothing to be afraid of. Perfect love casts out all fear. And when we realize how much God loves us, then the enemy can pour out whatever he's going to do, but it doesn't matter. We still have our song. We still have our dance. We're still rejoicing. Nothing has changed because it's the Father, and hello, love is with us, and that love is sustaining us and keeping us and holding us. Amen. In my weakness, he is made strong. When I'm unable, he's able. When I'm afraid, he's he is never afraid. When I don't know and I have questions, he always has the answers. Perfect love casts out all fear. So I challenge you this morning, find out how much God loves you. Now I'm going to tell you, you're not going to get it all through a prayer life. You're going to get it through the word of God. Do a search on God's love and you're going to do and you're going to have a lot of material for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but all should come into repentance and God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. God just on and on and on how much he loves us. The devil wants you to forget that. Because love is not a feeling. Love is a truth. And when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Free from fear, free from anything in your life. This is why you need to know the word of God. You and I need to dig in the word of God. If there's a season in a season we're in right now, this word, this Bible should be such a part of our life because there's so much challenges, so many challenges and attacks that are happening in the world. And if we're not careful, we'll start thinking like the world. We'll start reacting like the world. We'll start uh, planning like the world. But if we have the word of God that's planted in our hearts, Amen. God will keep us. Uh, he'll sustain us. And we'll know that every morning when we get up, we say, hello, love. Uh, because I know the love of God keeps me and sustains me in his love. Perfect love casts out all fear. And then verse 19, what I love is, it says, we love him because he first loved us. In our despicable state, in our sinful, rebellious state, in our cussing, drinking, low-down state. Like the old hillbilly gospel song said, God reached way below the bottom for me that night. And he reaches way down 
and he pulled us up. He loved us while we were in sin. He loved us. God commended his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He loves us. Let me tell you, you go out in that world and you tell those sinners and unbelievers, you tell them God loves them because God does love them and God wants to redeem them and set them free. Uh, free. You go and talk to uh, the trans and those who are rebelling against the word of God and those who will maybe even spit you in your face, spit, spit at you and curse you uh, for his name's sake, but you tell them God loves them. God's reaching out to them. There is an answer. There's a way. And the love of God is the answer. Love will dispel any type of racism. Love will dispel any type of judgmental thoughts and any type of, of atmosphere that we're in today of hate and rejection and anger. The love of God will transcend and change us. For centuries, Christianity was, was persecuted under the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire was a wicked, hedonistic society. Power hungry, sounds familiar. Power hungry. They were masters of torture and persecution. They were excellent at execution, intimidation. They're the worst of all worst. You talk about a society that they thought they were highly developed and educated. We're so far away from what true life should be in God's kingdom. And here, what does the church do? They throw them, they throw them before lions. They put them in the Colosseums. They set them on fire alive to light the Colosseum. They go and they do all this stuff and Nero blames the Christians for, for what happened for the burning of Rome. And it said then the reason why they need to purge uh, because the Christians believe in cannibalism. Because they believed in the bread and was the body and the cup was the blood of Christ. And so the lie was out. We were cannibals. It's not much different from today. You know, I got to tell you, the spirit of this world hates Christianity. But that's okay. Hello, love. Hello, love. They faced whatever they faced, and their weapon was not an army. They raised up a militia of doing this or that to overcome and overthrow Rome. What happened eventually was that the love of God and the love conquered the Roman Empire. And love will conquer the last days and bring the last day revival. And bring it in where people will come to Christ, where the worst considered to be worst of worst, which you and I were, the worst of worst. But the Lord redeemed us and saved us. We used to be, how many here used to be a sinner? Raise your hand. Some of you are angels. Just, I guess. If you didn't raise your hand, maybe you need the Lord this morning. I don't know. I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Don't take me serious. Ephesians 3, he loved because he first loved us. He initiated it. He got it going. We didn't know how to turn to God, but he turned to us. We didn't know how to reach him. We were uh, rebellious against him. We denied, as, a, as man denied even the glory of God in creation. We worshiped the creation more than the creator. 
And then, and then Paul brings this up. In Ephesians chapter 3, he says this, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. And, and Paul said that first line, for this reason I kneel before the Father, because he was going through persecution too and hardship, uh, very much hardship. But he, he said, but I go to God in prayer. And I kneel before the Father. But then he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he might strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. You know what I'm seeing in this? I'm seeing love has everything to do with getting the full, being filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That love and love and loving like he does and who he is it gives us the full measure, an opportunity of full measure. And also that the Holy Spirit operates through love. That in our love, the Spirit of God can lead us and strengthen us in the inner man. That's why if you have an alt against someone and you're holding on to it, that's the strength of your life. And it's not the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit will only dwell and operate when there's love. So I want to tell you, you're stalled and you'll be stalled and have been stalled. If you've got offense and you won't forgive. And I'm going to throw this out too. Nobody has to do anything to you nor responsible to you in order for you to forgive them. You are to release them. You are to love them and release them. Release them, love them just the same. Forgive them just the same even that they don't ask for forgiveness they should never have to ask for forgiveness if they come to you and they do it allow it to happen in a spiritual sense so that they can get a, a release in their spirit what's going on but you forgive them you forgive them without any obligation of them having to apologize now if you offended somebody go apologize you're responsible to apologize if you don't you're stalled you ain't going to go any further. This is it. The Holy Spirit says, okay, I can't bring the power like you wanting and calling. A song won't bring it. A sermon won't bring it. You're going to be stalled. And then, then we'll start saying, God, where are you? Where are you, God? Where's your presence? And then we adjust ourselves, and we live a Christian stoic life, untouchable, unfeeling, and most of the time, unloving. So I'm just telling you, Forgive and love and forgive people. Forgive them. But you don't know what they did to me. Then I'll tell you this. You say hello to love. And you get in your mind the picture of the hideous, horrific death of Christ on the cross. And once you look at that cross and you look at that surrender, you look at that sacrifice, you look what he had to do. He didn't have to do it. He wanted to do it. And what he did would empower you to understand that no matter what you've gone through, 
The cross is the changing point. And the blood of Jesus Christ made you a better person. The blood of Jesus Christ made you born again and brought redemption to you. And the blood of Jesus Christ is going to give you victory over the enemy. Because you're looking at the cross. And you're looking at the sacrifice. And then you realize with that mindset and attitude, I can forgive. I can forgive. Had a lady one time tell me, come in my office. This is a long time ago. And told me, said, Pastor, I hate my father. I hate him what he's done, what he did to us as kids and all this stuff. I cannot forgive him. I can't. I said, that's right. The Lord is going to help you to get through this. Just concentrate on Jesus. Rely on him. Then years later, I get contacted by the same lady who was part of the church and said, my dad wants to get baptized. I mean, I got word that he was making threats against me. I mean, as Jim, Jim was worried he was going to have to use security because he made threats he's going to come, come and shoot me. I said, don't worry about it. It's fine. God's working with him. And he did. And that old man, we met with a family in that fellowship hall and filled that baptistry. And that old man stood there and I said, now you know water baptism won't save you. Do you confess Jesus as your Savior? You ask God to forgive you of your sins and said, yes, I do. And the whole family watched him get all wet. And the last time I saw him, I was there at the graveside and read scripture. But he gave his heart to Christ. I'm telling you, love covers a multitude of sins. Love transforms and changes us. Love is pretty puny and weak if it's a feeling. But when it's the truth and the word of God and the Holy Spirit will work through that love, there can come victory. But don't be stalled. Forgive. Forgive. And if you've offended, go ask for forgiveness. Don't be stuck. Don't be stalled. I've, my years of pastoring over 40 years, I've seen families come and go. I've seen generations. I've seen kids. I've, I've dedicated babies and then did their, their weddings later on in life. I've seen them come and go. I've, I've observed people. Sometimes it's, it's a joy and exciting to see what God does in people's lives, but then sometimes I watch and observe and see them fall away and distance from God because of their decisions and their path. But don't let yourself be stalled. God's got souls he wants to save through your witness and your word and your testimony. God wants to use you. In the world that we're living in, they need to see love, the love of God. The love of God. I could just keep going on here. I got to stop. He said, but be rooted and established in love, making may have power through with all the Lord's Holy people to grasp how, oh, by the way, there's algebra in the word of God. Did you know that? It caught me. I mean, really, I thought, well, why do you know, man? Paul's got a, he's got education in algebra. Because it's close to the equation finding algebra for volume. You know, 
Last time I checked and I had to recheck because it's been, you know, I didn't go to school back and cover wagon days. That's when I went. and So I, I searched because I knew it, 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 it got me. What is length times width times height equals volume. And Paul's saying here, he says, that with God's people, a love that surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled with the measure of this. And he says that in him is able to do immeasurably more than what you ask or think according to his power that's at work. But he says here, he says that you be strengthened in the inner man, dwell in your hearts in faith, that you have power together with all God's people, that you will grasp how wide and long, high and deep is the love of Christ. So that you might be able to begin to grasp the measure of the love of Christ, the volume of the love of Christ. It's an equation that when you start realizing how far that love goes, and how wide that love goes, and how deep that love is in our life. When we realize it's immeasurable, this is the volume of God. This is the volume of his love that he cares for us. And because of that, though one may be bound by the most wicked situations and circumstances and conditions of this world, where sin doth abound, grace does much more abound, because hello, love, that comes in and God sets people free. Would you stand with me? How powerful is that love that we're able to come out of, of being dormant and wake up and out of a stagnation in our spiritual life and come to something new with God. We're edging toward the end of this year and heading toward a new year. And I don't know about you, but I want 2024 to bring something new. New in my life in God. And new with him and what he's going to do so I can see what he does. Amen. Do you believe that love of the love of God and God's love for us will transform us? It's a transforming power. And you're loved. Yeah? You're loved. No matter... How aggravating you are to everybody else. This love God has for us compels us two things. Love compels. First, the love of God. When it touches us, it compels us to want to know him more. To know him more. The love of God. When it touches our life, we are compelled to know him more. And secondly, compels us to want to reflect him. God compels us to be a people, true sacrifice. And it's not because of something that maybe we'll get out of it, but we come into the love of God and realize that we want to love others and we want to sacrifice and surrender. How many here could raise your hand and say, Pastor, I'm not proud of the things of my past, what I've done. Just raise your hand. It's okay. I'm not proud of it. Well, aren't you so glad that when you needed God, God didn't step into the seat of judgment, but he sat in the seat of forgiveness 
and his love. And he said, you know, though you don't even love yourself, he says, I love you. I love you. I'll forgive you. I'll receive you. The devil thought he had you, but Jesus said, no, no, that's the power. So my love breaks those chains and gives hope. And others may have looked at you and cursed you and said, you just ain't going to be nothing and you're a loser and you're a drug addict for life. You're a mess for life. But look at you now. Is not the love of God powerful? The love of God toward us. And I realize it will never equal out, Noah. I quit trying to compete with God for the love that he has for me. I can't do it. It's beyond me. I don't know how. So therefore, you know, then I thought I couldn't be holy if I didn't love God. Really love and love and love as much. And I struggled even with holiness, but then I realized the holiness I have is him. The righteousness I have is him. And the love in my life, when I said hello to love, I could, I could once again maybe tolerate Ron Bynum. Before, I, 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 didn't, I didn't really like me. I didn't love me. I didn't know if I was really worth loving. But then here comes God. And God tells me how much he loves me. And I read it in his word. I still don't feel like I deserve it. But oh, I'll receive all that he gives me. And he loves me. And he loves me according to the word. It's immeasurable. Measurable. We're going to thank God next week in communion. We're thankful. Why? Love. His love for us. Because we know in his love. His love is just has sustained us and kept us. Maybe you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I want to know God's love for me because I know it will change me. I just want to know it more. You may even be a confessing Christian, but you hadn't come to the, the true understanding how much God loves you. And He's not going to abandon you or let you down. You don't have to run and chase him. He's not running away from you. You can run to him with, with anticipation. He's not running away from you. He loves you. Come on, let's just for a moment. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to just begin to think of that moment when you first discovered the love of God in your life and the different moments your life that there was God's love. The devil wants you to forget it. God wants us to relive it. Relive it. Jesus, I didn't deserve you. There you are. There you are. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your love. I want to ask you this morning, just while everybody's now, their heads are bowed, they're praying, they're thinking, they're praying to the Lord. Maybe you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, Pastor Ron, I need Jesus in my life. I need him in my life.
there ever was an hour for the gospel to be constantly preached and an invitation constantly given, it's now. The Lord wants to set people free. He wants to save them. The gospel message. You say, I need Jesus in my life. I need him. I want you to raise your hand. Just raise it up and let it down. You say, I need Jesus in my life. Because you need to raise your hand and acknowledge where you're at. Yes, God bless you. Just raise your hand. Raise your hand right where you're at. The Lord will meet you right there. Right there. Right there. Just raise your hand. Is there anyone? We're going to pray this prayer because someone raised their hand. Someone raised their hand. And I want us all to pray it. Is that okay? Sure, it's okay. It's always okay. Always, always. Pray this prayer and you raised your hand. Pray this prayer and the Lord will hear your prayer. He'll hear you. Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I want to know your love. Forgive me my sins. I want to live for you. I want to serve you. I want to know you more. Be Lord of my life. Cleanse me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name, you have your hand upon us as we leave this place today, God. I want us, God, to be overwhelmed with the message of your love for us. And then thanksgiving is going to flow out of us because you love us, you love us, you love us, Lord. We glorify you in Jesus' name. Father, in Jesus' name, anoint your people. Anoint us, God, this week as we realize, let the message ring in our hearts that you loved us, that you loved us before we loved you, and that you care for us, you walk with us, you wanted us, you didn't need us, you wanted us. Lord, we thank you and we praise you in the name of Jesus Christ. And I want you to wake up tomorrow morning and say, hello, love. Hello, love. Hello, love. And you know where the love's coming from. From your God, from your Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Go ahead and sing. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Go ahead, worship team. Just sing and sing us out of here if that's all right. And if you're ready for a So hello
I'm going to ask Jared and Shelton and uh, Justin. I'm going to get your help, too. Hey, Justin. Justin. 